social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. A problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. 24 hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook, and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, to installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie. It's 24 hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating 401 732 6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website petro.com it is thursday it's a little bit of a stormy thursday not that bad but uh roads could be a little bit of slick with this uh inclement weather that we have it is hard to believe folks it was one year ago today's the one one year anniversary of uh president biden being sworn into office and a year later well yesterday there was quite a press briefing and they're continuing it because they've decided that they're going to put the vice president, Vice President Harris, out more. So I want to start off. Now, just some local news. It's not going to mean a lot to a tremendous number of people, but House Speaker, Rhode Island House Speaker Joe Sakachi, has decided he's not going to go for the uh, Congressman Lynchman seat, Congressional District 2, that will be open. So that's an open seat, and will be open in, um, obviously, November, next this November. But... September would have been the primary. The reason why that's significant is because there's a number of people that if House Speaker Joe Sakachi, who is quite a war chest, if he was going to run, there's a number of people who would not run. The fact that he's not running certainly now opens kind of floodgates of a lot of people running. But yesterday, that was um, there was some kind of uh, very extensive, long, I think way too long, press briefing, uh, first press conference. You know, I, I hope for just sheer entertainment there's more of them. There's a very serious situation going on with Russia and Ukraine, but President Biden yesterday went out and uh, even as Van Jones of CNN said, was meandering along and going on and on and on. But he opened the door to several things that now it's left that they have to clean up. And one of the things uh, I want to play, this is a 60 second kind of a recap of some of the things that President Biden said yesterday that then immediately last night and then today the White House are still trying to clean it up. Let's hear it. Frustration. I often see empty shells being shown on television. People are paying more for a pound of hamburger meat than they ever paid. Very few schools are closing. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and they pull up to a pump and all of a sudden instead of paying $2.40 a gallon, they're paying $5 a gallon. Should we have done more testing earlier? Yes. Did we have it at the moment exactly when we should have moved and could we have moved a month earlier? Yeah, we could have. I think report cards could look pretty good. I didn't overpromise. I don't view that as somehow a mark of incompetence. I have not been out in the community nearly enough. Go back and read what I said. We always have long press conferences. I don't believe the polls. Uh, Folks, I don't think I've overpromised at all. I think we've done remarkably well. The COVID-19 is not going to give up and accept things uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's not going to go away. That is it. You know, he, um, he, he was stubborn yesterday. He is not going to break out of, he wants to stay. This is, um, this situation where he's basically giving the green light for Putin to move in on Ukraine. This certainly, this got, think of this. This is an example when a president, when a president makes a misstep, a president makes a misstep, boom, 
reverber reverberations all over the globe. This is uh, President Biden. It depends on yesterday. I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion, and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do. A minor incursion. Well, that certainly seemed to strike Putin and a lot of our allies, thinking that. He's basically giving the green light to move in. But something else that significantly happened, and that is President Biden. Folks, all you've been hearing about is because of President Trump that, uh, you know, they've undermined democracy, right? And instead, President Biden even started to call into question whether or not we actually have fair elections in the legitimacy um, of our elections. And, and you think about that. So it was one thing after another for the president of the United States. And they have gone after it. Think how many times someone like Congressman Cicilline saying that the president, of the United, you know, former President Trump, and he's undermining democracy and they're they're undermining democracy. And then suddenly President Biden steps up and says that unless we make the changes well, Congress, if they make unless they make the changes that he wants them to make, that the 2022, the elections coming up in November will not be legitimate elections. And and then if you know, if that's the case, well, then was was 2020 a legitimate election? So uh, Biden, President Biden, I, I thought, I mean, there, were, there was a lot of uh, mistakes there. And that is certainly one of them where you have, again, the, the president basically saying that that our elections are not legitimate. I want to go to, so they've decided they're going to put Vice President Harris out doing more interviews. So this morning, she was on Good Morning America. She was on CBS. She was also on the Today Show. I'm going to give credit to Savannah Guthrie of the Today Show. Listen to this exchange. And Vice President Harris, it's, it's, she's just, she's rude. She's condescending. Um, she, she is... I, I just don't understand at all how someone could get to the position. But listen to this. This is her this another morning. Another comment the president made. <clears throat> he openly cast doubt on whether the 2022 midterm elections would be legitimate. He said it all depends, um, which is astonishing to hear a president question whether our elections will be legitimate. We've heard it before, but not from this president. Is he really concerned that, that we may not have fair and free elections? The president has been consistent on this issue, and the issue at hand, Listen to this. the issue, I was there last night uh, in the chamber of the Senate, and the issue is that there are two bills, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the Freedom to Vote Act, that have been the, the solution that has been offered to address the fact that around our country, states have put in place laws that are purposely making it more difficult for the American people to vote. It's not true. Laws which will be felt by at least 55 million Americans. Not true. Regardless of their party affiliation, their race, their gender, or their geographic location. Well, to the point that so those we bills have been were clear, debated, and it's, but it's, yeah, the, the, the bills it's, were debated it's, and they didn't pass. If so I may finish, if I may, if I may course, finish. But the specific question, if you don't mind, does he think, now that these bills have been passed that the 22 midterms won't be legitimate or fair or free let's not conflate issues so what we are looking at and and the topic of so much debate last night was that we as america cannot afford to allow this blatant erosion of our democracy what are you talking about the right of all americans who are eligible to vote to have access to the ballot unfettered that is the topic of the conversation and let's not be distracted by the political gamesmanship when what is truly at stake are, are, are issues like whether Americans with disability have the opportunity to vote by mail, whether a single parent has the opportunity with three kids in the back seat to vote by dropping off their ballot in a drop box instead of having to stand in line with those three kids for hours. These are the issues that are at stake. And the president and laid a lot of... And, and, yeah. and pivotal issues in terms of our democracy. We had an extensive conversation about foreign policy, Savannah. Yeah, I, the, well, I've met with... I've met with prime ministers and presidents from around the globe, both partners and allies of ours. They are asking 
What is going on with voting rights in America? No, they're because not. They look to us as a role model. It's a lie. Of what it means to be a democracy. What? And they are monitoring to wonder and question whether there is an erosion of our democracy and therefore an erosion of one of the best role models of what a democracy does and can do. All right, that how many single parents with the three kids in the car? What does she do when she goes to go grocery shopping? What does she do that single mother with the three kids in the car? What does she do when she goes to get her hair done? What does she do this whole business? And people with disabilities, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, everything is handicap friendly or accessible, I should say. This, this is all just made up. And notice, see, Kamala Harris, the vice president. Now, again, that was with Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show. And I'm glad she was pushing her. But Kamala Harris, here's what I want you to understand. Is she knows the segment is only going to be eight minutes long. And so she talks very long and slow and drags out her. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let me finish. Like, it's, it's all done to run out the clock. That's what it is. Here's the question. Should you have been more willing to compromise to try to get more Democrats on board? Listen Back to this. this Here we go. Speaking of democracy and politics, the president put a lot of blame yesterday on Republicans for failure to get some of these key initiatives passed. But, you know, you have a 50-50 tie in the United States Senate, as you are well aware. Did the administration fail to temper its initiatives to meet political reality? In other words, should you have been more willing to compromise to try to get all Democrats on board? You, these initiatives failed because Democrats weren't united, let alone Republicans. Was that an error as you look back on this? Yes. Year? Well, when I look back on this year, I think about things like the bipartisan infrastructure law. Um, administrations, both Democrat You're and Republican, failing. have tried for years. Well, doesn't that show Republicans do what, were do, willing to help if the, finish, if the initiatives were good? But they, they tried for years to do what the American people want and what the American people know is Savannah's not right. that be, should be thought of through a political... It did pass. Republicans did compromise. So what she's saying is instead of these huge projects... Maybe you should come up with some projects and bills that you can get more compromise on. It's a very valid question. Things like upgrading our roads and bridges, things like cleaning out the lead pipes of America because over 50% of children under the age of six are exposed to lead. These are the Not things true. that are part of the accomplishments that occur through a, a process of compromise, yes. But what ends up happening is that the American people benefit. Broadband in that law is going to be now more accessible and affordable to Americans around the country from a She's not answering the question. Vice President Kamala well, we Harris, doing I am way out of time. Next time they got to give us an hour so I don't have to interrupt and you can go as long as you want, but we are out of time. I so Very good job by Savannah Guthrie. You know, sometimes I'm critical of uh, Savannah Guthrie. I, you know, she was trying. She was absolutely trying. But President Biden basically said that our elections are compromised. I mean, he said that. President Biden, he said that unless this is done, it would certainly make you question the results of what's going to happen with the, the elections coming up in November. So here you have a president of the United States completely undermining our democracy, right? There's no other way to argue about that. They can try to argue that that's not what he said, but that's actually exactly what he said. So, you know, and they blame, and you think Cicilline and the rest of them, uh, AOC and all the progressives saying that President Trump and he's undermining democracy. You had yesterday President Biden completely undermining with, with his own comments that he's calling into question exactly what's going to happen in the 2022 election. I want to hear, um, this was where he's being asked. This was yesterday at the press briefing. Are you still confident in Vice President Harris? She will be your running mate. Here we go. You're, you put <clears throat> Vice President Harris in charge of voting rights. Are you satisfied with her work on this issue? And can you guarantee, do you commit that she will be your running mate in 2024, provided that you run again? Yes and yes. Of course, he doesn't expound on from there. Um, here is where 
Yesterday, President Biden basically calls into question our elections. President, speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. And it's one thing, look, maybe I'm just being uh, too much of an optimist. Remember how we thought not that many people were going to show up to vote in the middle of a pandemic? We had the highest voter turnout in the history of the United States of America. Well, um, I think if, in fact, no matter how hard they make it for minorities to vote, I think you're going to see them willing to stand in line and, and defy the attempt to keep them from being able to vote. I think you're going to see the people we're trying to keep from being able to show up, showing up and making the sacrifice that needs to be made in order to change the law back to what it should be. Um, and uh, But it's going to be difficult. I, I, I make no bones about that. It's going to be difficult. But we're not there yet. We've not run out of options yet. And we'll see how this moves. And on Omicron and education, teachers are... You know, I, it, none of it, what he's saying, stands up. Because, and I want to continue this a little bit, none of it... So, if, if we had record turnout, why, why are you saying that people aren't allowed to vote? Conducted and its results will be legitimate. Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. You know, right there, to make that comment, that calls into question our elections. All right, a lot more ahead on this stormy Thursday. Speaker Sakachi not running. Biden-Harris, I think the situation's even worse than it was yesterday. Uh, it's the one-year anniversary of President Biden being sworn in. Are we better off? The answer is no. A lot more ahead on the John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable, Fuel oil delivery, fuel, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial, it's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining me right now, he is uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He is our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, if you don't mind, uh, <clears throat> heard in the news, President Trump's name has been in the news. Definitely some legal activity swirling around the former president in it also certainly seems as though the first district of New York is trying to build a case. We're hearing that that his children are also being targeted. So if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of start with I know that there's different levels to it, but the many layers of the uh, the various Trump legal situations that he finds himself in right now. Yeah, there's a lot of them, John. But in New York specifically, there's both a criminal grand jury that's, I believe, been impaneled looking at some of the alleged criminal financial dealings of the Trump organization. And um, there's also a civil investigation that's going on into fraudulent, uh, alleged fraudulent conduct by the Trump organization, potentially by the president, potentially by Don Jr., maybe Ivanka, maybe Eric. Um, you got to keep it in perspective. Um, the lead investigator on the civil side is Letitia James, who is a known Trump hater. 
She's the attorney general in New York. She wants to be governor. She wants to put on her resume that she was one of the persons who assisted in taking out Donald Trump regarding any potential future political office he might look to seek. Um, she's, she's much like um, happened during the Russia investigation when it would be said by members of Congress, we got the evidence, I've seen the evidence, you know, it's all there. And in fact, nothing was there. Um, she's saying we got evidence, there's evidence, it looks like fraud, it looks like fraud. The fraud centers on um, the Trump organization, allegedly, depending on the circumstances, um, in use of certain properties when they're looking to get money from banks and deflating values on, in some cases, the same assets, allegedly, when they're looking for tax breaks or other consideration. Um, it's easy to say in a news piece or in a press release that these things are going on, but it really requires any investigator to parse the actual applications. What is the precise question? And how is that specific question answered? In, in one of these um, pieces that uh, the Attorney General for New York has released, um, there's um, parcels available in an exclusive um, sub subdivision. I'm not sure if it was condos or like cluster type houses. And they all look the same. But for certain, um, they were allegedly in a more exclusive part of the development Thus, they were um, assessed or appraised or estimated to be at a higher price. Maybe that's legitimate. Maybe that's not legitimate. But valuations, estimates, um, et cetera, are subject to a bit of latitude. Now, there's some pretty high swings back and forth if we are to believe what uh, Letitia James' office is putting out there. There's another important factor to these investigations, um, I believe um, that Trump's former attorney is assisting and participating in trying to throw President Trump under the bus, uh, Michael Cohen. Also, uh, the feds and the state of New York are putting the squeeze on Alan uh, Wesselberg, who used yes. to be with the Trump organization. He's been yep. indicted. Yeah. Now, he's allegedly cooperating in part, but... Um, James' office makes much of the fact that during the civil part of the investigation, both Alan Wesselberg and Eric Trump allegedly invoked their Fifth Amendment privilege over 500 times during the course of a six-hour interview. Oh. Now, that might be damning, and maybe it isn't. When someone is being questioned and um, you get into an area where you could could potentially, by answering, expose yourself to criminal jeopardy. When you invoke the fifth, you're not saying, I've committed a crime and I don't want to tell you about it. You're simply not looking to answer questions which could lead to some evidence of criminal conduct. And you have to invoke it as to certain subject areas. So when they start down a line of questions and you know where it's going, you know, you can't object to what's your name. You can't object to where you live. You can't object to what's your date of birth. But when they start getting into areas where you know they're going to dig deeper, you start invoking the fifth and you have to keep invoking it. Yep. You can't many questions in when you realize that, uh, you know, they're getting into a bad area. Suddenly say, gee, I think I want to invoke the fifth. You're supposed to start at the beginning of the subject area. Now, if Letitia James' office wants to make it look worse than it is, once they know that um, Trump, Eric Trump or um, Wessel, Wesselberg are going to plead the fifth, they can ask a zillion questions sure. just to keep making them invoke the fifth. Yeah. And then they report to the press, ooh, we invoked the, the fifth 500 times. Right. That doesn't mean there's necessarily wow. any evidence of any crime. Mm. And at the end of the day, in the reporting on this, even from uh, sources like the Washington Post, uh, they report that Letitia James' office says that 
get this, after putting out all this stuff about inflating values, deflating values, maybe there's fraud, her office says, quote, it has not yet reached a final decision regarding whether this evidence merits legal action. Mm. So you mean you've been investigating for three years, you've yeah. got a, two cooperating witnesses, you've got all these bank um, loan applications, tax returns, tax forms, and you don't yet know if the mm. evidence merits legal action? Well, that's, that's awfully quizzical. Yeah. See, the other thing that's going on is her office is trying to get um, all of the individuals I mentioned to um, testify in the civil side of the investigation, where, where her office knows full well that if they get anything, they're going to turn it right over to the criminal grand jury, the prosecution side, and they're going to share information. And using a civil forum to try to get that information to feed to a criminal grand jury is simply not appropriate. Um, I'm not so sure they're ever going to get anything that would be worthy of a criminal prosecution against the president or his kids. Um, they might be able to ring up um, uh, Wesselberg. Um, maybe there's something with some of the Trump subordinates on the civil side if there's a question of inflating or deflating values. Right. I don't know if any of the banks are complaining that they got right. um, suffered any financial losses because of anything that allegedly occurred here. Uh, but it's a great headline. And it's a headline yeah. that, you know, if you're the president or his kids, you're not going to take the bait and you're not going to start arguing your case in the press. And your lawyers are going to say, we're not going to have any comment, but we're confident that we're going to prevail. But, um, you know, you've got... Uh, the the broad-based media out there reporting about what Letitia James' office is doing, and it's quite damning. It's not necessarily true, but in the short term, it's um, it's damning. Tim Dodd, does this um, seemingly stem, I mean, but from their conversation with Michael Cohen, and it almost seems as if they're, like, like you said, it's not like someone reported a crime. It seems more of vendetta, and then they're like in search of a crime. Well, yes, yes, it's uh, right, the right word, but definitely some wrongdoing. Again, it's not like it's an open ended in what traditionally would be this seemingly they had, I forget how many meetings with Michael Cohen. It's been going on this long um, and, and Tim Dodd. But before we move on to something else, but um, I mean, how how long could this go on? Is there a statute of limitations of some sort? Well, on the criminal end, I mean, there's so many potential crimes. Uh, oh, most of okay. them would be federal. I mean, I don't know that there's any criminal conduct. I think the, most of the statute of limitations are three or five years. Um, some of this conduct goes back to, um, I believe, 2017, even after uh, Donald Trump was president and while his kids were running the organization. But, you know, Wesselberg is in trouble because you're trying to squeeze him and it's unknown how much he's cooperating. Michael Cohen is so anxious to cooperate and so anxious to stick it to um, President Trump. You know, who knows what the quality of the information he's providing is. I'm sure he's willing to tell them that Donald Trump did anything if it will assist whether it's truthful or not in somehow sure. uh, smearing the president or getting him in further trouble. Mm. A lot of these investigations, to paraphrase what used to be said of um, Joseph Stalin, you show me the man and I'll find you the crime. And the, fa <laughs> the fact that we're going down this path with congressional committees and yeah. attorney generals um, uh, ginning up all of this activity looking for crimes um, is quite extraordinary when you compare it to what happened with the uh, the um, Clinton initiative or the, that Clinton organization, which was basically a money laundering scheme, the, yeah. Clinton, the Clinton Global Initiative, excuse right. me. They never investigated that one whit. And that was clearly a money laundering operation, uh, or at least it had all the earmarks of it. Um, it was worthy of an investigation. I don't think anything ever occurred to look right. at that one bit. Is that what Stalin would say? Show me the man and I'll find you the crime. Yes. That, uh, 
I, I know of a celeb, I think I told you the story one time, that had a run-in with former Mayor Cienci at the Capitol Grill way back. It would have been over 20 years now, and uh, I think it was in the heyday of the 90s. And he claimed the this, this Cienci, who instead of getting upset, quietly smiled and laughed and said, you know, there's a lot of unsolved murders in this city. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, another week, another more indictments with this uh, January 6th. Uh, it's going on over a year now, obviously. But what, what can you tell us the latest on? It certainly seems they're trying to put something together on these Oath Keepers. There are several groups that were there. The three percenters, the Oath Keepers are another one. And then they're still seemingly trying to go after, I think, Kimberly Guilfoyle, and they're trying to find out who they were talking to. They are really making a very solid effort, more more than a year past that, to try to concoct that there was some kind of organized conspiracy on January 6th of last year. Yes, um, the the Oath Keepers um, being charged is something new. They've been charged with... um, conspiracy to uh, commit sedition and there's other crimes. Um, This is the closest the feds have gotten to. um, I'm not quite sure they actually charge these Oath Keepers with sedition, but I know there's been some pushback even in the mainstream or left-wing media that none of the folks who have been arrested and charged up to now had been charged with insurrection, even though the government keeps claiming this is an insurrection. An insurrection is a a particular legal term uh, which um, connotes that an organized group is um, engaging in a violent uprising against the government. I don't know that this meets that definition But I think that the feds, um, having been stung a bit by the criticism, you're charging people with all kinds of things, where's the insurrection? So they said, okay, we'll go go get you some. And wouldn't you know, within about 48 hours of that news cycle, these guys all got arrested and uh, had enhanced charges filed against them. Now, these guys allegedly, allegedly, were organizing an off-site cache of um, um, guns, weapons, um, to be a, a rapid response force if necessary. Right. So this was completely a pre-planned um, move by a bunch of idiots um, who could not have been inspired by President Trump's speech no. saying, we're, we're going to peacefully march to the Capitol and let our voices be heard. Yep. So- Assume these Oath Keepers did exactly what um, is alleged, and they were organizing, and they had walkie-talkies, and they had weapons that would be available if this thing reached some critical mass. Um, I don't think you can pin that necessarily on um, the Trump administration. Oh, Unless you're going to find something that Kimberly Guilfoyle was speaking to this guy from the Oath Keepers, which which would... which, hey, stranger things have happened. That's right. But, uh, but unless there's a direct link, um, you got some crackpots who are trying to bring in guns in case this turns into a real um, attempt to overthrow the government. Yeah. I mean, from what 
I don't think you're going to really know the truth or the fiction of a lot of these charges against right. a lot of these people until we get to see all the video. Yep. There's so much material that has been suppressed um, and much of what could be produced is controlled by the speaker's office and the speaker's office is not allowing, from what I understand, a lot of material to be produced. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that, that guy, the mentally unstable guy with the uh, Viking helmet sitting right. at the speaker's um, the rostrum. Yeah. I mean, is that guy engaged in an insurrection? Right. I don't think so. I don't so. think so, no. There's, there's a lot of people who are just milling around saying, wow, we're inside the Capitol, staring right. up at the ceiling and looking at the statues. And the cops and the security guards were saying, guys, could you please move out of here? Right. I mean, there was nothing threatening. Taking selfies, no. I know the Willard Hotel, Tim, uh, Tim Dodd, seemed to be some of the center of the activity. Giuliani was staying there. Roger Stone was staying there. It, it's still... You know, it still could have just been pre. I, I, again, it's not like they successfully pulled it off, and it, it still just to me seems like it was just kind of a spontaneous. You know, it, maybe it did kind of turn into a riot. It was a protest, and people got a little rowdy. But there were plenty of people that were just taking selfies and walking around, like, "Hey, wow, look at this! We're inside the Capitol." So that's I, my I, take. I think the number of individuals who yeah. actually breached the doors or the windows and got into the Capitol. I don't think many of them were armed. And no. I don't think you can have much of an insurrection if you don't have weapons or right. some way to challenge the police um, uh, authorities that were there. I mean, certainly not in sufficient numbers, which is a different question that's never going to be sufficiently investigated. One would um, hypothesize that if there's a change in who controls um, the House of Representatives uh, by the end of this year, what type of investigations we could then see, which might further delve into this whole um, episode of January 6th. A lot of bad things happened. No, yeah. no one's going to, no one can whitewash <laughs> over that this was a, a nothing burger. Right. It was an ugly, ugly event. It but was. the investigation to me is not looking at all the um, appropriate areas of really questionable decisions and questionable conduct. And if you really want to air this thing out, there's got to be a more thorough investigation. Yeah. Folks, another quick break. A lot more. It's attorney Tim Dodd, legal expert, right here on the John DePietro Show. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate, 401 688-0517. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401 688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, normally I am uh, back with the blue supporter of police, but this, um, boy, this Boston Globe story, I think they're the ones that broke it about this. Uh, well, in, you know, it started with Charlestown police and then somebody's gazing out the window or pulled up. And then there's <clears throat> there's a member of the Rhode Island State Police and whatever their intention was, and maybe they thought they were doing the right thing by just letting it go. Boy, this thing has really exploded, and I, I've heard from a couple of troopers. They've just never heard the brass this angry, uh, embarrassing to the police. It's really caused a blank storm in uh, in the situate barracks, and, and, and definitely possibly some – there's now some legal ramifications of this whole thing. Well, it's um... – it's not a, a proud moment for the Rhode Island State Police. It's a very unique story. It allegedly, is. allegedly, yep. a member of the Charleston Police Department was on patrol. And in the middle of the night, he sees a cruiser, state police cruiser, which he knows is a cruiser, which is being operated by um, Lieutenant John Gadro. Um, 
And he texts to his commander. By the way, do I ever say don't put things in text? Don't do emails? He texts, it looks like a trooper is having sex with somebody in, in the his state police cruiser. Um, the superior texts back, um, probably best to leave this one alone. And the officer on patrol leaves it alone. He continues about his business. Somehow this gets out into um, the area of discussion. This event where the trooper was allegedly engaged in some sort of sexual activity in his cruiser was in, I believe, February of 2021. Now, allegedly, no one knows anything about this. And come May of 2021, um, Sergeant Gadro is promoted to Lieutenant Gadro. So now no one knows allegedly that this all went on and he's promoted. He's a lieutenant now for the rest of 2021. Around about October, this story starts to pick up critical mass. It starts to get some reporting. Um, and then all hell breaks loose. Um, one problem is that uh, Colonel Manny of the state police is apparently good friends with this guy, Gadro. Um, what was his involvement in the investigation? Uh, the colonel won't say because of the policeman's bill of rights. There's an internal affairs investigation. It looks like they're going to come after this guy, Gadro. So guess what? Before they can do anything to him, he retires in January and he's getting the um, retired pension benefits of a lieutenant. One wonders if this thing had been known uh, back in February of 2021, he would have never got a promotion. He probably would have been kicked off the uh, state police force. So Manny has maybe a problem, maybe not, because this is apparently a good friend of his. Um, The Charleston Police Department has a problem because clearly they looked away from what was potentially criminal activity or at least um, improper activity by a fellow um, wearer of the badge. So was it a courtesy? Well, he's a cop, whatever he's doing, let's look the other way. Um, In this day and age, you can't do that. Maybe you could have done that 50 years ago and no one would have been the wiser, but um, it's all out there now. And, um, a lot of folks have egg on their face. Is there anything that can be done about this guy, Gadro, having a retired lieutenant's pension? Um, or can that be retroactively adjusted based upon what is now known of his conduct? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but it seems to me that should be looked at because he's getting a huge financial benefit. Oh. Um, and he's getting that benefit because the Charleston Police Department looked the other way. Tim Dye, could you just touch on, before we move on, um, people hear about that, that Colonel Manny can't do anything about it because of the you know, Policeman's Bill of Rights. It, it, uh, it certainly draws a lot of attention to people he claims, well, I, went to, I would have fired him, but then I can't. And then, you know, you, you do hear the activists talk about just how strong it is in Rhode Island. I think it's one of the strongest in the country. And a lot of people don't fully get that when when police do get kind of jammed up in these situations that the policeman bill of rights that they essentially become untouchable well they don't become untouchable but the investigative arm of whatever police department is looking at one of their officers can't really disclose the nature of the investigation if there's an investigation who's participating in the investigation because of the secrecy benefits that are provided to officers under the Policeman's Bill of Rights. Um, So maybe Colonel Manny was involved in this. Maybe he wasn't, but he can't say either way. It's just like when uh, Ted Cruz is asking Merrick Garland, did you have agents during the uh, January 6th insurrection? Rather than saying yes or no, he says, I can't provide any information investigation regarding methods means and methods or whatever his uh, phrase was Uh, so that leaves people to think that maybe there was some involvement but you know the feds would say we can't say one way or another manny's going to give the same response i can't say one way or another there's a policeman bill of rights i can't violate or else i'm going to get sued Hmm. folks again we're speaking with a legal expert attorney tim dodd tim our next story takes us to the ACI. We don't always hear about these stories, but apparently there's an inmate 
that has a certain type of haircut he wants to wear. They won't comply, and <clears throat> inmates have nothing better to do but take legal action. In this case, he does seem like he's taking legal action. Yes. Guys at the ACI file lots of lawsuits. Um, many of them are filed pro se, meaning no lawyers involved like this guy. Um, and his lawsuit is that he is a pagan and he follows the way of the Vikings and he wants to have a hairstyle um, in the way that the Vikings did, which means you have very long hair on the top of your head. It's almost like a modified mohawk. It's very long on the top. It's long going down your neck, but it's shaved very close on the sides. So it's a very peculiar look. And um, this guy alleges in his complaint that the ACI has no um, hairstyle policy, but he keeps getting written up having an extreme hairstyle and that he has lost good time credits and he has otherwise been booked for violations by having this um, rather unique hairstyle. Um, he alleges that his freedom of religion is being interfered with and that uh, his, you know, his right to pursue his pagan religious beliefs um, um, creates um, a situation where he's not getting equal protection of the law. Um, question one is, is his religious um, claimed belief done in good faith or is he just looking to be um, a thorn in the side of the um, prison administration? I don't know, but assuming that it's a good faith and uh, closely held religious belief, he'll probably prevail. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, you know, um, folks uh, who follow certain religions get certain accommodations made um, regarding things they put on their head uh, the way they wear their hair and other circumstances. Um, I, I think this guy has a chance to prevail, although it is interesting to note that um, when he filed his petition, um, he also asked for the appointment of an attorney and the court denied his request for the appointment of counsel, which might be an early indicator of um, what the court thinks of the merits of this guy's case. But oh. unless there's a policy... I think he's got an issue. I mean, why not? I mean, there's folks who um, have a Rastafarian hairstyle, which, you know, might not look good on you and it might look good on me, but there's people who pursue that. There's folks who have certain headwear that they um, sure. uh, wear Head if they're yeah. um, Muslim faith. There's all yeah. sorts of different um accommodations that are made so why not this guy that wants to look like a viking because he's a pagan um i i don't think it's an out and out loser case i think that it's a unique case we don't see many of these but um i think he might have something tim dad before we let you go what was your reaction supreme court huge loss for uh President Biden, I think we touched on last week, but just again, uh, reaffirming that the Supreme Court shot down President Biden's plans to try to get major companies to have a vaccine mandate with their employees. Well, I, I think that the Supreme Court got it right in the area where they uh, struck down the mandate. Um, I think that, well, I, I think there was a bit of sophistry in uh, uh, upholding the mandate as it relates to healthcare workers and trying to link the continued mandate to uh, certain aspects of Medicare and Medicaid funding that uh, these hospitals and facilities get. Um, I don't know. I think if you're a healthcare worker, uh, it's got to be the most demoralizing thing for um, the Supreme Court to come out in the manner that it did. Mm. And even as to the extent that businesses with over 100 um, employees, um, the mandate is unconstitutional and the government can't force it. Uh, and you, you read anecdotal reports in the media and the press that um, certain companies are alleging they're going to do it anyways. Now, are they bluffing like Governor Raimondo used to bluff to get compliance with these um, 
um, edicts that she was putting forth. If you're working for some very large company and they say, we're going to have a mandate anyways, uh, are you going to risk your job? Or are you going to comply? It's a continued battle of free will versus forced compliance. And, um, you, you would hope that the voices of freedom um, are prevailing over the, the forces that want to have uh, us all comply with these mandates um, out of fear, either fear for health, fear for your job. Um, it's, uh, it's an uncomfortable trend that we see out there, at least from as my opinion, it's an uncomfortable trend. And I wish the Supremes had knocked out the mandate on both sides of the equation, including the healthcare workers. Yeah. I think there'll be more litigation on this as time goes forward. Um, you're seeing certain countries back away from mandates. England is backing away. Australia is backing away. I think this country eventually will do the same thing. Um, politically, I don't think it's sustainable no matter what the Supreme Court does. Final story question. Last Friday, uh, Warwick Police Station, five officers come out of some community room, and right there in the lobby, Tim Dodd, of the Warwick Police Station, is a 29-year-old Warwick man. He has a knife. He goes at the female officer, slices her. All five take out their guns, shoot the guy. He goes down to the ground, still gets up, starts to go after her or someone else again. This time they're yelling for him to drop the, the knife. They finally use a taser, and uh, they're able to bring him down and and get him uh, in custody and under control and so forth. And they apprehend him. Is is that someone that would face some pretty serious legal legal charges? Stabbing yes. a police officer in the lobby of the police station? No, granted, not not trying to mock it because it certainly sounds like someone that may have, you know, what they lack of a better phrase, but they call it like a suicide by cop, but. Boy, that that is like Tim Dodd. That is like really pushing it when you well, when you bring your act there. It's an assault with a. It could be seen as an assault with intent to commit murder. Yeah. It's a felony assault. It's oh. an assault on a um, uniformed um, officer, which has enhanced penalties. Mm. So the, this guy, I mean, if he's mentally competent, is looking at a long, long time in jail and multiple charges. The real question is what's the state of his mental competency? It doesn't seem like yeah. uh, something that would ordinarily be done, but it also seems like more and more of this is going on out there with random yeah. acts of extreme violence. Um, yep. I think people read the paper and watch TV and think, well, the consequences won't be that harsh. Let's see what I can get away with. It's a disturbing trend. It is. Folks, he is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Of the John DePietro Show brought to you by Realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401 474 5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, depietro.com. Caldwell Banker Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401 474 5253, and you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com.